really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome back to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that covers, frankly, a silly amount of rugby action each and every week of the year. Uh, If you've missed any of the bonus pods that are, frankly, dominating my podcast feed, uh, go to wherever you get your podcasts, look for those back episodes, and leave a review while you're there. Um, By the way, speaking of which, I have gotten two new five-star reviews this week. Uh, One person did leave a comment, which was very nice. The other didn't. So, Alex, thank you for taking the time to do that. It really made my day. And to the mystery uh, reviewer, thanks to you as well. It's really a treat to see that people are appreciating what you're doing, you know? Um, I see those reviews on iTunes if there are other places as well. I suppose I should take the time to try to find that. It could be that lots of you are leaving nice things and I'm just not seeing them because of this particular platform. So I'll look into that. It is nice that I can be found on iTunes now because I feel like most people tend to go there for their stuff. Anyway, as always, I am David Lawrence. I'm really happy to be here talking rugby with you. The last ep was a bit long, so if you're here again for this next bit, uh, that just makes me feel like you're enjoying it as well as I am. Uh, The Scrum of the uh, the Earth is a weekly podcast, as I've said, with lots of bonus episodes. Last uh, episode was the first half of episode 11. That was covering the uh, the Northern Hemisphere, and now this second half will be for the Southern Hemisphere. Very sensible, right? And by the way, if by now you haven't seen at least highlights from South Africa versus New Zealand from this weekend... I suggest you pause this podcast, find a way to watch it, and buckle up. What an incredible contest. Truly, one for the ages. So, we've already done with current updates, we've done the news, we've had our thoughts of the week, so let's get on with the reviews I began in part one. So, the boringly named but always exciting rugby championship drew to a close this weekend, starting off, you know, again, in a result that surprised not even one person on earth. Argentina lost to Australia. The final score in this one looked a little closer than it might have been. Uh, 17 to 32 was the final. It really wasn't that much fun to watch a predetermined beheading. I mean, the Argentinians are, to a man, they're, they're going to need therapy after this. I, I might need therapy after this one. And I really want to take a minute just to say how bad I feel for the Pumas at this point. Like, what a soul-crushing ordeal this whole trip must have been. They have to quarantine and then quarantine again. They're confined to their hotels for something like six weeks. They can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. They can't see their families. They can't even see the sights. They have to keep their chins up while getting smashed over and over again by these other teams. And then they're not even invited to a team photo shoot for the competition. That one really bugs me. I just, I can't imagine how that happened. It's just, it's amazing. The profound lack of respect. I don't even know where to start with that. So, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and claim that Pablo Matera makes great choices all the time. He does not. But in this case, after all that crap, I just can't blame him and those other five guys for taking a little trip to go see a tourist site. It sounds, I've heard more about it and it sounds like it's a, a tourist site to go party, but I don't care. They, they deserve it. So naturally they got caught. They were put into another forced quarantine. World Rugby practically fell over itself in the rush to condemn them and ban them from the championship as if. I mean, what a travesty the whole thing has been for Argentina. Like, if I was an Argentinian rugby player, I would be seriously thinking about my choices right now. What a mess. Pumas, here's to you. Thanks for being in this competition. Please don't leave, though I would not blame you if you did. Uh, Only a couple other things to mention from this match. Uh, Andrew Kellaway, 
He is on fire right now. He scored three of the Wallabies tries in this match, and that brings his season total to eight. So I've heard people talking about this. The all-time record for Wallabies tries in a season is 10. That is a tally held by both Izzy Falau and uh, I don't know if it's Lote or Lote Takiri, whose name I've never heard pronounced, so sorry if I botched it just then. In any event, Kellaway has a real shot at breaking that record with the Autumn Internationals fast approaching. That could be pretty cool. He's a, he's a good one to watch. Um, sorry, I don't have much more detail about this match. I, I found it really hard to stay focused on it. Um, I probably should have saved it for after the Springboks All Blacks test, but I was worried they'd give away the score. In any event, I did love, after the game, Michael Hooper described himself as, quote, stoked, unquote, which I don't know why that just really tickled me. I thought that was great. I've always thought he looked like a surfer guy, and uh, now I know it. So again, Argentina, here's to you for sticking it out. Hopefully, you can get some home games lined up. Uh, I don't know what they've got coming in the autumn. Again, I should look that up. Uh, getting them back in their own stadium with a chance to win, that'll just be so great for the first time in two years. Here's to you guys, and I hope that happens soon. Of course, on the other hand, I am not short of notes for the South Africa versus New Zealand match. What an incredible match, and I really was kind of just uh, jotting things down as I went, so here goes. Um, pretty early on, only at 15 minutes, I just wrote, whoa, what a match. It's it's eight all at that point. The energy levels, just cosmic. I've never seen anything like it. Holy cow. Um, Andre Pollard slotted a penalty to take the lead, but then... Just after a strange incident with the ref absolutely tearing a water boy a new one, boom, amazing deep line out, Bowden brilliance, Rico brilliance, and then Artie with an all-time poster try. The flying through the air Superman stuff is so cool. They are just so amazing to watch when everything is clicking like that. That that one, I said, may, may have been the try of the rugby uh, championship so far. At 11 to 15, the AB's lead with about 30 minutes gone by. Uh-oh, another try at 32. Brad Weber sneaks into the corner off of that broken lineout. That was a really sneaky, super heads-up play by him. I think a few weeks ago I posed the question, is Brad Weber good? And I think I have my answer. Uh, Jordy did miss that conversion, so it was 11-20 to 20 with six left in the half. Uh, New Zealand looked to have another shot with only a couple minutes left, as they always seem to, but South Africa got it back, and at 38 and a half minutes, they replaced their entire front row. Interesting move. And in reverse of the usual, the Springboks managed to add a penalty right at the siren. So they went into halftime down only six, 14 to 20. Wow. Just wow, I said. <laughs> so second half might be a shift in momentum at the start. Uh, four consecutive penalties by New Zealand. And Pollard makes it 17 to 20, only a couple minutes in. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my announcer voice to get my totally inappropriate announcer voice. It all needs to come together in a big crescendo of human flesh, declares the announcer. That is actually what he said. I, I love doing the like 1920s American announcer instead of trying to do the accent, but uh, that is what he said. Uh, a big crescendo of human flesh, which sounds like a band I'm definitely not going to go see. Ooh, then the 5022 made an appearance. I think that was the, the only time between these two teams. Um, the box immediately capitalized. Mopimpi exploded into the corner for the lead. Uh, Pollard missed the conversion, so it's still 22-20 to 20 South Africa at the 53-minute mark. Uh, according to the comms, at one point just after that, Malcolm Marks, I guess, got away with a pretty big one. And South Africa got themselves a penalty given the other way and even more momentum. Uh, it was a scary moment there. Sia Khaleesi absolutely got knocked out. Uh, at least they noticed this time. There was a, a time when, uh, who was it, Fahinga'a? got knocked out and they kind of just didn't notice they're like hey get up and when he woke up he was he was like oh, okay 
Um, they noticed this time he, he was out and down for a while. It was not pretty to look at. I think he looks all right. So I, I'm obviously a doctor and I, I'm qualified to say how Sia Khaleesi is right now. But in any event, another pen, uh, another penalty against the ABs, and it was 25 to 20 at the 57-minute mark. And then, wow, Bowden Barrett, an awful kick. I don't know what happened. It must have just banged off his boot wrong. He gives it right back to the box well inside their own 22. And I wrote, this looks ominous. Uh, I noted that uh, certainly after that, there was a huge collision and Faf just got like windshield bugged. Uh, I know a lot of people who had to be wearing broad, broad smiles when Faf just got himself smushed like that. Uh, it was it was kind of fun to watch. And then I said, oh my gosh, Kitsoff steals the line out. That just looks scary. New Zealand can't seem to get anything properly going at this point. Then I wrote, I'd never seen anything like this. The penalty for hitting Jordy after the kick. So if you remember this, Jordy's way back in his own territory. He lines up the kick. The guy who's chasing him down basically has no chance to stop himself and runs into him after the kick is just after the kick is away. I can't remember if they gave him a card or just the penalty for it, but they gave New Zealand the ball where the ball then went into touch off of Jordy's boot, which of course was way down there. I've just I've never seen that before. You, you hit him and then they get the ball where it went out. It was it was odd instead of where the penalty happened. Very confused, and the lead is even smaller. It's 25 to 23 at the 66-minute mark. Then, an intentional knock-on that had the comms fuming, but no card. And again, confused by this. I thought that was the rule. I thought intentional knock-on equals yellow card automatically. I thought there was no, you know, thinking about it. Has the ref gone fully rogue at this stage? But then, I kind of didn't notice that the momentum must have shifted again. The last five penalties in a row were all against the Springboks. But they again disrupt the line out. The ref misses a knock-on, I thought. The box get the ball back just before the 70-minute mark. Then Blackadder with an incredible turnover just after 71. What a contest. And then <laughs> the head collision between uh, Etzebeth and Mal Malcolm Marks. I've never seen two players sent off for blood at the same time. This game has everything. <laughs> and again, i got to do my announcer voice. You got the stapler out at that point, said one of the announcers. Good one, guy. I appreciated that. Um, Jordy got the lead back with just under five minutes to go. Oh my word, what a roller coaster. I feel like South Africa will get a random penalty and win it at the death, I said. And then, mouth dropping, <laughs> Yanchis with a drop goal. Hardly any time left. I, I, I've never seen him do that. What else can there be in this match? It literally has everything. Then, penalty advantage for the All Blacks. Oh my gosh, what now? Lacanio Am. Um, is the coolest cucumber on earth. He's getting ready at this incredibly big moment. He's kind of just chewing his gum. Doo, doo, doo. He looks like he's like waiting for the bus for first grade or something. It's incredible. Ugh. I never thought that in a million years that this would happen. Jordy reclaimed the lead again with two minutes, one minute left, then I'm dying. And then Vermeulen with the turnover right at the death. Vermeulen, of course. Box go to the corner. Unreal. Then offside is the call. Easy kick right in front. Box win it 31 to 29. I am exhausted. Holy crap. That was unbelievable. Just wow. Just wow. I came back to it a little later and uh, you know, I, I was chewing on it. I was thinking about it for quite a while. I was thinking about it for a few hours. And I did have a couple uh, sort of last takeaways. I feel like New Zealand kind of missed or mishandled a couple of opportunities here too. It, I feel like it easily could have, if they had done a few things different, 
that might have been enough of a difference for, to get them a win. Uh, one thing I spotted, and so I've been going on and on about how great Rico Ioane has been this whole tournament, and, and he has. But in this one, he did that thing when he, where he's so hungry for the ball. He's so hungry for a big carry. As soon as he gets his sort of first opportunity, he kind of overdoes it. So he held on to it a little bit longer. He goes straight into contact instead of giving what looked like a pretty simple offload. It totally killed the entire team's momentum at that point. It was unfolding to look like one of those boom, 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 lightning tries that they're so famous for. And then he kind of just let himself get tackled and it, the momentum just, you know, the balloon popped at that point. So I'm not trying to single him out. That was just one of the things that I noticed. And I feel like there were several of those things. And any one of those things might have been enough, you know, the, with a fine margin like this. You just don't know. But on the other hand, as I mentioned, the, the officiating was really odd at times. And so if you're South Africa, you might be thinking you should have won by more here. I'm still confused by the ball where he kicked it out. Uh, the You get the ball where he kicked it out penalty on the late hit on Jordy. There was the no yellow card, intentional knock on. It, it seemed like the rulings were a bit randomized. But, of course, meanwhile, the Kiwis were saying the exact opposite. Tim Horn, one of the announcers, he's pointing out infraction after infraction that he felt had been missed. So somehow the game, I don't know, it feels more chaotic in retrospect than when I was watching. They, it, it, at the time, it's just all intensity, just, just nail-biting stuff. Anyway, it very seriously might have been the best match I've ever watched. Uh, Scotland beating England at Twickenham in the Six Nations was the happiest a match has ever made me. But this one which might have been the most exciting, the most in intense, the most incredible. Oh, get yourself a way to watch it if you haven't yet. You, you, you've just got to. Of course, I've given away all the spoils right now, but I feel like it would be at least as much a roller co coaster ride as any other game you can imagine anyway. It's just that good. Okay, on to the NPC. There were only four matches this weekend, uh, but they were they were smashing. They're all pretty good. Uh, if you somehow missed it, I did just release a mini bonus pod all about this competition. It dropped last Thursday. Check it out if you're confused by this bit. Um, and what I said in that pod about their schedules being way off, yeah, that that's definitely still the case. Uh, when you look at the league table, teams have played anywhere between two and four games. It's just a logistical, ni a logistical nightmare for the schedules at this point. But, you know, the competition itself, very strong. The rugby's fast and fun. We've all had to make our little COVID adjustments, haven't we? I know I have. So the first match of the weekend was Northland versus Waikato, and Northland found an inspiring win, uh, beating the Premiership leaders. Again, if you aren't sure why half the teams are Premiership and the other Championship, check out the bonus pod. I think I did a pretty good job of spelling it out, and it's only 15 minutes long. Um, so that final was 38-28. to 28. And uh, if you have a chance, I strongly encourage you to rewatch. It was really pretty cool. By the way, another thing about this league, it's not just the All Blacks you see sprinkled around. There's a ton of Super Rugby players who may or may not have been capped. To me, it's the uh, I just can't play enough rugby every year league. It's littered with diehards who don't care where they're playing. They just want to play. Really, really cool stuff. And it, 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 each match, you're like, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. It's awesome. So later on Friday night, my time at least, uh, was the Bay of Plenty versus Wellington. A great example of what I just was talking about. Um, Bay of Plenty were featuring Otieri Black and Peter Umaga Jensen, both of whom I'm, I've seen recently at theoretically higher levels, um, anywhere from Super Rugby. Um, I know Otieri's got some caps for the All Blacks, so uh, as I say, he just wants to play. Uh, Bay of Plenty went up big to start, but then they kind of just stalled out. Wellington really just kept hammering away and away and found themselves up a point at the 73rd minute. And then, what an ending! 
wow, wow, wow was all I could say as that one ended. Otieri just ice cold to seal it for the Bay of Plenty. It was awesome. And that, that, that's why that it, it's always fun to catch these guys. You just don't know what kind of quality you're going to get. It's incredible. So after that one, Manawatu were at home to face Otago. There were a lot of problems with this broadcast. There was at least a half hour of a Sydney 9 splash screen with the beep sound the whole time. Um, so I think, for once, I have to fault the primary providers rather than the steaming dumpster fire flow rugby. Um, when it came back, and it was just about halftime, a massive brawl broke out, naturally without anyone actually punching anyone, yawn. And then, of course, it takes forever to wade through all the footage of piles of bodies. It just it drags everything to a halt. I kind of tuned out after that. Um, the final score was 12 shoves to 11 pushes. No, wait. I mean, it was uh, 27 to 17 in the end. And then to close out the weekend, Tasman played Southland at home and absolutely smashed them, 51 to 14. So this is an example of that mechanism whereby a top-tier team is playing a lower-tier team. So in this case, Tasman are leading the premiership table after this they are and then southland are winless and languishing in the championship table if that's again if that doesn't make sense to you just check out the mini bonus pod and listen your note october 6th is the last day that i will be i will have a subscription to the steaming dumpster fire of flow rugby uh i'm pretty sad that i'm not going to be able to follow the npc as much as i do now i've really gotten to love it it's just so much fun so listeners uh if you're in new zealand if you're in australia uh, well, I guess the Australians wouldn't care. But if you're in New Zealand, I know there's at least one of you out there. Uh, check in with me. Let me know what's happening with this competition. Uh, give me some pointers. I'm going to try to uh, keep reporting scores, but I will definitely be missing it. Oh, and Flo, you are the worst. That brings us to the Diamond in the Ruck and my man, Will Witty has earned that honor and then some this week so i'm not expert enough to say exactly each little detailed way he impacted the game at the minute level but at the same time even i can see that he was everywhere on the field his presence is just was felt over and over and over again in that game it was a lot like brody retallick i think it was two matches ago when i went on and on about him it's just every time you turn around there he is making a play and then seeing that try Seeing the way, despite be, being more ox than man, his mind still immediately went back to childhood rugby when anyone can kick it ahead and anyone can run away with it and anyone can score a try. All those things were on full evidence at that moment. Boom! Breakaway! Beep! Little lefty boot. Lumber, lumber, lumber. Little righty boot. Lumber, lumber, lumber. Scoop, stagger, fall, try. <laughs> this try actually made me spend time thinking about the origins of the word lumbering, or the word lumber, and how it connects to trees. And when I realized I had found the best all-time nickname for him in Trybeard, well, I just knew my work here was done. Will Trybeard Witty, you are without a doubt this week's Diamond in the Ruck. So, at long last, that does bring us to our previews. And let's just say we have quite a lot of them. I have to start, of course, the USA Eagles have one more match against Los Terros, but we have to go down to Montevideo to meet them. I'm going to be honest, I don't fancy our chances there with AJ out. Um, I think we may be on the path to the repechage. You know, the path to the World Cup is convoluted. It is never easy for teams at our level. Um, I know Canada feels similarly right now. And with so little rugby actually being played over the last 18 months or so, it's just so hard to know where we really are right now. 
as I mentioned in my latest conversation with Phil from the Jack's Rangers podcast, uh, there is a world in which we could again face Canada for that final spot in the draw. I mean, that would be exciting, but obviously we want to win in Montevideo. If Uruguay win by four or more, that literally would, the, the Canada playoff would literally be our best case scenario. We have a, a lot of great talent on our Eagles squad, uh, but if you don't have that leader and that, you know, that engine that's firing the offensive stoves, you're just going to be spinning your wheel. Oh, I just got a notification. I'm not, apparently I'm not allowed to use any more cliches until next week. Sorry about that. Obviously, there is no more boringly named rugby championship. I'm kind of sad to see it gone now. I feel like I spent way too much time complaining about it and not nearly enough time enjoying it. Uh, those teams are all getting ready to go to uh, Europe and the States. New Zealand are still, in fact, slated to come to the United States to play my U.S. Eagles in Washington, D.C. That's only a couple, I guess, three weeks from now about. It no longer appears I will be able to attend that game. So that is a bummer for sure. Uh, the final regular season matchups in the Super 6 are going to be on Friday. The Southern Knights are again at home. I, I, it seems like they don't have to go away, ever. Uh, this time they'll be facing Sterling County. On Saturday, Harriet's Rugby is back home to take on the Bormir Bears. And on Sunday, the reeling Watsonians look to restore some pride at home against the finals-bound Ayrshire. Uh, with, the fi uh, with the final already guaranteed between Ayrshire Bulls and the maybe just slipping a bit at the wrong time Southern Knights, uh, all three of these games are dead rubbers, but... Maybe that'll be a chance for my Bears to sneak one little extra win in there to get up off the bottom of that table. Down in the NPC, where, by the way, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to catch New England Free Jack star Bowden Waka playing for, I'm almost certain about this, Taranaki. Um, they are going to be playing on Saturday. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, obviously, I will be rooting for them in spirit, if nothing else. In any event, once again, we're just looking at the four matches uh, Wellington will be hosting Canterbury on Friday. Hawks Bay are at home for Tasman on Saturday afternoon. Otago will host Taranaki that evening. And then on Sunday, Southland will look to get their first win at home uh, from Manawatu, who are visiting. Then, of course, the Premiership will come into round four. It's already starting to get exciting in that league, I have to say. Uh, the Harlequins will be home hosting Bristol on Friday. On Saturday, Exeter looks to uh, have a pretty easy round versus the Worcester Warriors. I don't think they're going to be sweating too much then. Gloucester are going to be looking to get a second win uh, in a row. That would be uh, something that hasn't happened in a while, I'm pretty sure. They're at home versus Sale. That doesn't necessarily look so good for them. London Irish also have a tough one. They're going to be at home versus Leicester, who are really looking good. As I, I, I'm patting myself on the back for spotting them a little early. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Saracens, of course, will look to take the sting out of this week's loss against Newcastle. And then finally on Sunday... Wasps will look to deal Northampton their first loss of the year, though I wouldn't hold my breath. And last, but not to me the least, the URC does come into round three, and we're going to see Ospreys at home for the Sharks. Maybe the Sharks will actually show up that time. Ospreys are probably hoping they do not. Ulster, it's way too early, I think, for Vermeulen to be joining them yet, but um, they're looking good without him. They'll be hosting Benetton. Um, Leinster will be at home for Zebre. That should be an easy Irish win. Glasgow will look to remain unbeaten against the Lions. Again, a doable goal there. Connacht, I'm hoping, will get a win versus the Dragons. Edinburgh is at home for the Stormers. That is hopefully another uh, another Edinburgh win. Cardiff will be hosting the Bulls. And, of course, the Scarlets in the last game of the weekend will be hosting Munster. And that looks like it's going to be a tough order. Once again, all the Irish teams are looking really good to me. 
Okay, well, thank you for listening to both parts of this extra-long episode. I, I promise I won't uh, split them in half again in the near future. I, I know uh, people prefer it when it's all in one thing, so I'll, I'll try to stick to that. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to be putting my predicted scores on Twitter, so be sure to follow me there, at Scrum. Oh, also, this Wednesday there will be yet another mini bonus pod first thing in the morning. This one is a very short one, and it attempts to explain the deal with what they always refer to as European rugby. Um, if you're an American fan and you're following the, the Prem, for instance, every now and then they say, oh, well, they're doing well, but how will they do in Europe? And you're thinking... Um, aren't they in Europe right now? So if you are an American fan like me, this will likely be very useful to you, or at least I hope so. So, Also, uh, if you're not an American fan, you can always just listen just to nitpick it and then tell me how badly I explained it all, that you've got plenty of options. So anyway, as always, thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Talk to you soon, and be well. It gives me great pleasure to be here today. All right, that was neat.